0: you've got a Bible, let's turn to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16 is where my main text is today. And uh, I also want to welcome everybody who is watching online right now, everybody who is gathering in homes around the world, cafes, parks, wherever you're at, wherever you're practicing your faith and doing church. So excited that you tuned in for this message today. I really think it's going to speak to all of you. Matthews chapter 16, starting in verse 13, it says, When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, which means Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. All right. I want to title today's talk, On This Rock. On This Rock. All right, let's pray one more time. God, I just thank you so much for these moments we have together. God, thank you that your presence is here with us today. And Lord, that you are pouring your love and your grace and your goodness out on so many people who are watching today from all over the world. And God, I pray in these next few moments, you would bring change to our hearts. You would uh, cause there to be a a turning. Lord, we know it's the goodness of God that leads us to change and repentance and turning. And God, you're always doing something in our lives. And we just welcome that today today speak to us today lord i pray specifically for right here in seattle washington that you would do something miraculous and bring sunshine and that the summer of 2022 would be a summer of love for all those who are single that are watching right now hoping and believing for that perfect someone in jesus name and everybody said amen amen, amen. who summer of 2022 i can't believe it i i don't know about you but over the last 2 years um thanks to my wife, we've tried to just try new things, go to new places, try new foods, try new restaurants, right? There's been a lot of innovation, a lot of creativity, a lot of change going on. Uh, We decided about a year ago, we've been living in Southern California now for eight years, grew up in the Northwest, but now we've been in LA for almost eight years. And we decided, you know what, let's learn how to surf. How how hard can surfing be? let's, Let's try surfing. And so we have a bunch of friends that are into surfing and so we decided to get a surf lesson. My wife and I got a surf lesson together, okay? Here we are in our 40s getting a surf lesson. I loved it. And so they gave us really cool matching like surf shirts, okay? I'm joking. They were awful. I wish I had a picture. They were bright yellow. To tell all the other surfers, these are the newbies, d- don't know how to surf. You know, we're in the water just standing out like a highlighter marker. Just like, don't, you know, hit us. We're new. Um, but it was, a, we, we, we ordered a, we, we kind of bought a two-day surf lesson. So the first day, of of the surf lesson, we literally have the boards on the beach. And for the first 15 minutes of the lesson, the board is, we're not even in the water yet. And so we're on the beach and the instructor is having us get on our stomachs and he's like, okay, I want you to paddle, paddle, paddle. And I'm just like, okay. And I'm just like moving sand next to me and just like, are people, of course, they're staring at us, you know? Everybody's like, you just don't feel cool when you're paddling sand, you know, on the beach. Paddle, 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 okay, and then push up and pop up, and you know, and you're practicing the whole stance and all this, and I'm like, okay, I think we got it. Nope, do it again, paddle, paddle, and we're like, on the beach, I'm like, do we ever get to go in the water? <laughs> you know, And so, we're doing this, and then, after about 15, 20 minutes, he goes, okay, we're gonna take you in the water. Well, he takes us over to the part of the beach where um, there's these really small waves, which I'm, I'm like, cool, this is a great place to learn, and and so, We're in there, paddle, 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 and he's pushing us into this little baby wave. And I'm like, we go from the beach to the baby waves. And we're like, cool. And about 15 minutes of trying this and kind of falling and getting your balance, my wife and I both at one point stood up. And it's amazing, we stood up. Now granted, we're going maybe two miles an hour, okay? We're just like (laughs) like going like this on this baby wave. But I just felt so cool. I'm like, am I Kelly Slater right now? Like, is this what he feels like, you know? And so we're catching these little baby waves. and We do this for a little while. End of the lesson, the instructor's like, you know what, you guys you guys know what you're doing. Okay, we're gonna take you tomorrow uh, on, on day two, do a little bit larger waves and you'll get to catch a proper wave. We're like, cool. So the next day, we meet him at the marina and he goes, well, we gotta take a boat to where we're going. And so we're going to a different place. So we get in a boat. I'm like, cool, he's taking us to a different beach or whatever. No, he starts taking us out into the ocean and we go to an area where there's a break because there's a coral reef or something out in the ocean. And there's these massive swells, and I'm watching all these what I thought were professional surfers catching this massive wave. I'm like, whoa, someday maybe we could do that, you know? And then I notice he's driving towards that massive swell. And I'm like, what what do you think he's doing? My wife and I both look at each other like, there's no way he's taking us to that. We were on the beach doing this yesterday. There's no way. And guess what happened? The boat driver pulls us up, says, okay, hop out. We're jumping out of a boat into open water. There's no beach in sight. We're out in the ocean. And and he's like, okay, we're going to paddle over to this break. I'm like, paddle over to this break? That's going to break me. Like, what do we... And sure enough, this instructor had so much confidence in us. We paddle over and... And I don't want to exaggerate. You can actually, my wife and I later looked up on YouTube this particular break because it's a famous break. And it's, I mean, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wall of, of, of a wave coming. And so I'm like, okay, he must think we're ready for this. And I'll never forget this moment. I was first. I'm like, okay. He goes, okay, the wave's going to come. Remember what to do? I'm like, yeah, when I was on the beach yesterday, paddle, paddle, paddle. Yeah, okay. He's like, we're well, going to paddle. It's going it's to pick you up a little bit quicker, uh, but then you just pop up. Okay, and so here I go and this swell picks me up and I'm not even joking. I started moving at such a rate. This wasn't, it was like, I felt like I was two miles an hour yesterday. It felt like I was going 200 miles an hour today. I started going so fast down the wall of this wave. And for a second, I was like, is this it? Am I surfing? And I realized I'm still on my stomach. I'm like, oh, pop up. I went to pop up and all of a sudden the wave smashed me down into the water. I don't know if this ever happened to you before. But the force and the energy of the ocean, I've got more respect for the ocean than I ever have after this experience. It it pushed me down and it decided to just like hold me down under that water. And on top of that, I started, you know, trying to come up out of the water. And as I'm doing that, the current is pulling the thing that's connected to my ankle. Oh yeah, the surfboard. The surfboard's pulling me down. I'm trying to swim up. I wear contact lenses, so I rarely open my eyes. I'm always afraid of losing my contacts. In this moment, I thought I was going to lose my life. So I was like, forget contact lenses. I opened my eyes because I didn't know if I was paddling up or down. I felt like I was in the rinse cycle, the spin cycle in a washing machine. I didn't know where I was, what was going on. And I literally, I don't say this lightly, this is one of those few, like, I feel like my life was flashing in front of my eyes like, this is it. It's over. I'm dying at sea. I'm thinking about my kids. I'm thinking about them having no father. I'm like, at least it's a cool story. Maybe my dad was surfing. Maybe they'll exaggerate the story and say that I caught one of the biggest waves and you know, didn't make it out of the reef. I don't know, but all this is going on in my head and finally, It felt like an eternity, I come up out of the water and I just am gasping for air, I'm choking, I'm coughing to the point where I I literally thought I was gonna vomit, it was, I don't know if you've ever had this, I just, there was seawater in my lungs and I was like, oh my God, I'm alive, I'm alive, this is a miracle, my heart's racing, I'm grabbing onto my surfboard and I'm looking around, I don't see my wife anywhere, there's no beach, there's no boat, I'm still out in the middle of the ocean And pretty soon, within a few seconds, my surf instructor comes over to me. He says, okay, you're gonna be okay. Really? (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) He says, you're gonna be okay, but I'll never forget this. He goes, you're gonna be okay. Take a second to breathe. There's another large wave coming in a few seconds behind you surfing's fun, right? And I'm like, what? And sure enough, I look over, I had maybe five seconds to breathe, and I'm looking at a wall. I mean, this thing he said later was five or six feet. Five or six feet, I don't understand these surfing terms. I'm sure it's not 50 feet. This thing was just a wall behind me, and and I'm like, what? And and I get, get hit again. This time, I was a little bit more prepared and knew what I was expecting, but I get up from that, and I look over and see that my wife is a couple hundred yards away, and I just start paddling for her. I'm like, I need my wife. I need my wife. I need to kiss her goodbye. I don't know how much, I don't know how long this is going to keep happening, um, but I get over to her, and she, the same exact experience had just happened to her. I could tell by her face. She looked like she had just been at death's door, and she's like, I thought I was going to die. I'm like, really? And she goes, how was yours? I'm like, I caught my, I caught my wave, babe. Uh, she's like, Really? I'm like, no, I thought I was going to die. <laughs> you know? She's like, are we done? I said, yeah, we're done. We went to the surface director. I'm like, bring the boat back. Radio the boat back, okay? Get David Hasselhoff out here. I need somebody to rescue us. We got back in that boat. The guy gave us half our money back. We were done with the surfing experience. We held each other on the beach for an hour and wept and talked about the brevity and of life. <laughs> and um, true story. But I'll never... I'll never forget that experience as long as I live because I'll never forget the surf instructor. That moment where this wave hits me, I feel like I'm gonna die. I come up, he goes, okay, you're gonna be okay, breathe, but another wave is coming. And I thought, isn't that a picture of life sometimes? Of you get hit by life. You get hit by circumstances. You get hit by trials. You get hit by a financial situation, a diagnosis, loss, loss. Pain, tragedy, right? We've experienced all of this, especially in the last couple of years. Some of the experiences that we've all been through have been tragic. Unexpected waves, unexpected moments. Maybe you've been through a transition with your job situation and you feel like, oh my gosh, I barely survived that. And you're coming up to just get some breath, some air. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh wait, there's another wave coming. And are you like me where after a little bit, you feel almost kind of exasperated? Like, I don't know if I can take anymore Hearing of some of the things happening in the world, the wars that are taking place, another shooting on another campus. Wait, really? Do you have those moments where you wake up and you're like hearing tragic news? You're like, wait, wait, wait. I'm still trying to recover emotionally and mentally from the last tragic thing that happened a few days ago. Life can be this series of waves. And you know what the reality is? is that I realized Jesus is a lot like that surf instructor who was out with me in that middle of that ocean. He's there. He was there immediately. He said, you know what? You're going to be okay. Take a moment to breathe. But but there is another wave coming. (laughs) Some of you are like, this isn't what I wanted to hear this morning at church. But the reality is, is that just because you follow Jesus, it doesn't mean that the waves of life stop. It doesn't mean that there's just a calm. In fact, sometimes following Jesus means following him right into more challenges, more struggles, more difficulty. But the difference is is that you're not there alone out in that ocean. You're not there alone going through the tragedy and the challenges of wave after wave breaking in your life. And this morning for the few moments that we have today, I wanna talk about this idea of what does it mean when Jesus is your rock? Because not only are we not alone out there in the waves of life as they're hitting, but we have a foundation, we have an anchor, we have a hope, and his name is Jesus. There's a lot of things that are uncertain today. There's a lot of things that are uncertain about the stock market, about the future, about what's going on. We just had a pandemic that hit all of us and is more coming in the future. We don't know a lot of these questions. We don't know a lot of the answers to these questions But one thing we know for sure, we are not alone in this life. You are not alone in this world. You have a savior who is a rock and he's a foundation and he's an anchor to your very soul. And he's going to help you like a surf instructor. When you feel all alone out in the middle of an ocean, like wave after wave is hitting you, he's there to say, you're going to, you're going to live. You're going to get through this. I'm going to help you through this. Breathe. You're going to get through this. And I love the passage that we just read moments ago in Matthew chapter 16. Because Jesus is taking his disciples to a region called Caesarea Philippi, which, interesting the backdrop of where they are, Caesarea Philippi would be about 25 miles outside of Galilee. Galilee, where Jesus was before this was his disciples, is a predominantly Jewish crowd, predominantly religious crowd, if you will. Now they're in a town of Gentiles. Now they're in a town, in fact, in Caesarea Philippi, there would be many different temples and idols to other gods. So if you can imagine, Jesus begins this conversation with his disciples and the backdrop is this temple to this God and this temple and this shrine to this God. We've got a place of idolatry and worship that's happening to all these different gods that people are worshiping in this land of Gentiles. They're not at home. They're in an uncomfortable space. But this is where Jesus decides to ask the question, who do people say that I am? Again, this is Jesus. This is God in the flesh speaking to the disciples. And I love that they say, the disciples say, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and Jeremiah are one of the prophets. The some say. I want to talk for a second about the some say. Because you know what I realized today in 2022 is there's a lot, of some say out there isn't there there's a lot of some say about everything there's a lot of opinion about everything and just in the same way that people had a some say about jesus it was an opinion some some people have the opinion that you're john the baptist some people think you're elijah some people think you're jeremiah or one of the prophets has come back from the dead there are some says today about everything we live in the information age and we are bombarded with some says on a regular basis Right, I mean, we could literally take a poll right now we've got uh, we 've got mixed reviews and opinions on everything from the pandemic and masking, no masking, vaccine, no vaccine, political perspective and persuasions, ideologies, philosophies we 've got perspectives on what are the seahawks going to be like without Russ this year i mean i'm sure we've got we 've got some says about every different opinion and thing out there, and what I realize too, especially coming into summertime i don't know about you, but as it gets nicer weather, I start thinking about okay, I should probably be working out more and eating clean and anybody trying to make an effort in that area? Three of you, great. Who am I talking to today? Okay, the rest of you are like, forget that. You know, that ship sailed back in January 2nd, the day after my New Year's resolution, you know, went down the drain. But I know even when it comes to, it's hilarious to me, even when it comes to eating better, And I live in Los Angeles where there's a lot of people that are into nutrition and fitness and looking good and all this. And it's amazing the differing perspectives. Just in the last couple of weeks, asking friends, some of who are are kind of experts in this field. And I'm hearing every different opinion on this matter. From the simplest, you know what? Just less calorie intake, less carbs. Just try to eat less. Okay, that makes sense to me. I literally, the day after that, had another guy say, no, no, no. Somebody told you to eat less, no, you need to eat more. You eat me three meals a day, you need to start eating six meals a day." I'm like, what? That doesn't make sense. No, because this is the engine. This is the furnace. You got to get that furnace going. You got to burn the fuel. You got to burn the fuel. The food is your fuel, so you can't have See, so If you have breaks, you sort of fat, and so you got to eat six meals a day. Six meals a day. That's how you're going to lose weight. Six meals a day. I'm like, okay. The next friend's like, you got to go plant-based, okay? Uh, uh, meat is the devil. You got to go plant-based. Eat as many plants and vegetables as you can. Plant-based is what's going to get you. The next day, I talked to a, a friend of mine right now. I'm no, not joking. He's on what's called the carnivore diet. <laughs> this is a thing, and he said, no, plants are Bloating vegetables are bloating. You don't want vegetables, meat just stick with meat. Do a pound of bacon every single morning. You might be dead in a year, but you're gonna lose weight. You know, I'm like, What? Is, you want me to put butter in my coffee and I'm gonna be okay with that? How, what's my heart gonna say to me in a few months, you know? And so, I mean, there is varying perspectives on health and nutrition. I love my mom. My mom sends me an article recently, and she's like, I know you're trying to be healthier. I just found this article. This is a real article. I can't remember the publication. It said, a glass of wine and dark chocolate every day is good for your heart. And this is the the article she sent to me. I'm like, Mom, I don't know, but I like your thinking here. You're living your best life right now, Mom, just the wine and chocolate diet, you know? Um, My God, is my mom like drunk out of her mind and just enjoying chocolate on a daily basis? I have no idea, but she's healthy. So, um... But I realize this, and it's with so many different things, right? I don't want to get into politics, that. but I realize even with just health and nutrition, there's so many some says about it, and and I don't know what to believe, and honestly, my opinions have changed on things over the years, right? As I'm in my 40s, I don't believe some of the same things I believed in my 20s, and we're all changing. We're all changing opinions, but my hope is that there would be one thing that would be fixed and secure that would not be a some say, and that would be what I say about who Jesus is, because when... When you know who Jesus is, when that stays solid and secure, your politics can change. Your views on health and nutrition can change. But when you know who he is, you will know who you are and your life will never, ever be the same. And so I love this moment of Jesus asking the disciples, who do other people say that I am? They say, well, some say, some say, some say, some say. And then he follows it up and he says, well, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And it's the one disciple, Simon, who speaks up, Simon Peter. He says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says, blessed are you, Simon, because you didn't get this from a Wikipedia page. You didn't Google me. Flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. A news article didn't reveal it. This wasn't the opinions of man, but my father in heaven revealed this to you. This was a divine revelation. Oh, and by the way, you're no longer going to be called Simon. But he changes his name in that moment to Peter. Peter which is interesting because Simon, in the original language, actually has two different definitions. It means to hear, and it also means a reed, like a plant, those plants that kind of blow around by the water, which I think is so indicative of humanity today, right? We hear things, and we bend towards what that is. We hear something else, and we bend like a reed towards different, we've all bent at different times to different opinions. And Jesus takes this moment to say, no longer will you be Simon, somebody who hears and becomes like a reed, but now you're going to be Peter, which in the original language is Petra, which means a rock. Your name now is no longer reed, but your name is rock. And then he says, and on this rock, I will build my church. And a lot of scholars and theologians believe that in that moment, Jesus wasn't actually talking about building his church on Peter, the human, but he was, Jesus was pointing to himself and saying, on this rock of the revelation you just had, on this rock of the confession you just made, Peter, the confession that I'm the Christ, on that rock, on that revelation, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Who do you say that I am? And he says, you now are a rock. So what does it mean when Jesus is your rock Waves are hitting you. Storms are hitting you. What does it mean when Jesus is in your rock? Three things and we're done. The first is it means you're planted. It means you're planted. It means you've got a firm foundation on which to plant your feet when you've got a rock. And I love this because in Matthew chapter seven, Jesus speaks of a parable about uh, building a house. And he says in verse 24, he says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, For all intents and purposes, he's saying, if if you're gonna be a Jesus follower, if you're basically following me and what I say, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. But whoever hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on the house, and it fell, and great was its fall. You know what I never saw in this passage before until this week when I was reading it again? Is that the weather conditions didn't change. Check this out. You follow Jesus, it's like building on a rock. You don't follow Jesus it's like building on a sand. But you notice it doesn't say if you follow Jesus, if you obey his words and follow him, cool, when the sun is shining, the birds are chirping. And there isn't but a breeze. Life is going to be easy and good. No, it says the rains are falling. The floods are coming. The storms. Oh, but if you don't follow Jesus, guess what? The rain is coming. The floods are coming. The wind is blowing. Isn't that interesting? Just because you follow Jesus doesn't mean that life and circumstances and challenges and storms are not going to come your way. It just means that the outcome is going to be vastly different. When, you build, when you're planted on a rock versus the sand. I wonder if sometimes we mistake rock and sand. I wonder if sometimes we mistake it. I live in Southern California. We, our house, we're about 10 minutes from the beach. We go to the beach quite often. I've seen a lot of sand. And you know what's interesting is sand up close, you know what it looks like? It looks like tiny rocks. I wonder if sometimes we get caught up trying to build our life and center our life on little things, on things that are temporary, on things that'll move. You know what sand does when you step on it? It moves. <laughs> sand is not meant to be, as soon as you step on sand, you don't realize this, but thousands, if not tens of thousands of little particles of sand are like moving out of the way. They're like, ah, you know, like, am I doing POV sand? <laughs> you know, They're, they, sand, sand moves. It's not firm. You may think it's firm because there's millions of them and some of them are having to stay in place but but sand moves. I don't know about you but I don't want my life to be built on little particles of sand that may look like rock at times but it's unstable, it moves, it's not lasting, it's not eternal, it's just temporary. I don't want to build my life on the sand of my emotions when I've got the rock of my convictions. I don't want to build my life on the sand of fear and insecurity when I've got a rock of faith. I don't want to build my life on the sand of anxiety and worry when I've got the rock of confidence and security. I don't want to build my life on the sand of depression when I've got a rock called joy. I don't want to build my life on the sand of shame when I've got a rock called forgiveness and acceptance and love. And sometimes I think we we allow these these storms to hit us and it, it's a disaster and it's blowing us apart because we realize that our feet are not planted in the right place. I'm telling you today, when Jesus is your rock, you can be planted on something that's solid and secure so that no matter what comes your way, no matter what difficulty and pain and strife comes your way, you're gonna be okay because you're planted on who Jesus is. You're planted on his love, his acceptance. Your circumstances aren't gonna pre to you and tell you who you are. Depression isn't going to tell you who you are. Anxiety is not going to tell you who you are. Fear doesn't tell you who you are. Lust doesn't tell you who you are. Pride doesn't tell you who you are. Those temporary things and emotions and feelings that come and go, opinions that come and go, will not form you and shape you, but our God will form you and shape you because you are planted on the rock of who he is. I want to live a life planted on rock. Lord, help me to see where the rock is, and not spend moments, I think we, I spend moments where I'm like, oh, this feels good. It's, it's warm. It's nice. No, but it's, it's sand. It's, it's not going to last. I'm, I find, if I can be really honest, I find myself in a place of just the sand of approval of people, of other people. I literally took a break for three years from social media, and I just got back on social media, and I, but, but I just... I was like, whoa, I can't go down this train anymore of of looking every five minutes, so do I have likes? Do I have acceptance? Do I have, do do people like me? Am I okay? What what is wrong with me? I'm almost 45 years old and I'm still playing this game, but this is human nature. Sometimes we just hang out in the sand for a minute and you're like, this kind of feels good, but it moves, it shifts. And one moment people like you and then somebody doesn't like you and it's, oh no, no, no. I gotta go back to where I know my approval and security and identity come from that will never move and never be shaken. I need to be standing back where I'm planted in my position before Christ as righteous. that that I, that I that, That's the message and the essence of the gospel is that, God, I did bad, but you gave me good. It doesn't make sense. It's not logical, but that's what's so scandalous about grace. That's what's so amazing about salvation and his love and his acceptance is you can't earn it and you can't deserve it, but he gives you righteousness. What is righteousness? It's simply right standing. It's being planted in right acceptance with God where he sees you now as blameless. He doesn't see all the sin and all the mess that we all have anymore. He doesn't see that. He doesn't hold that against you anymore. He's forgiven you past, present, and future, and taken it all on the cross so that we could be planted on this rock called forgiveness and acceptance in Jesus. When Jesus is my rock, I know I'm planted. Number two, when Jesus is your rock, you're protected. You're protected. Look at Psalm chapter 18. Verse 2, and honestly, there's like dozens, if not hundreds, of these types of verses, especially in the Old Testament. David, the psalmist, said, The Lord is my rock, my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who's worthy to be praised, and I am saved from my enemies. You see, not when Jesus in your rock, when Jesus is your rock, Not only are you planted on the rock, but you're protected in the rock. What do I mean by this? I mean that David, when he wrote this, he was actually hiding in a rock. He was in a cave. If you can imagine the side of a cliff and there's enemies pursuing David, and here he is inside of this protected place. And time doesn't permit to go into stories, but you probably heard countless stories of professional hikers and Mountaineers and people on expeditions on some of the tallest mountains in the world and they come back and say the only reason they survived a storm that hit the side of Mount Everest or a storm that hit the side of K2 or Mount Rainier or wherever they are, is we found a a little rock, we found a little cave, we found a crevice, we found somewhere to, to hide and let the storm pass. You see, the promise is that Jesus, when he is your rock, not only are you gonna be planted to stand secure in who you are, but you're gonna be protected from your enemies. He promises to protect you, to be a rock, to be a refuge, to be a place where you can hide in him because the battle belongs to the Lord. Are you tired? Are you exhausted of striving, of trying to fight all these battles? Take a deep breath right now, church, because the battle belongs to the Lord. You don't have to fight alone. In fact, he wants to fight for you. You're more than a conqueror through Christ who loves you. You're not more than a conqueror by yourself, but guess what? He fights for you. His, his, he's a sword, he's a shield. He's a, he's a place of protection, a place of peace, a place of refuge in the midst of every storm, every enemy that's coming against you right now. You're gonna be okay. He's your shield, your exceedingly great reward. And he's your protection when he is your rock. He's the rock you can hang on to. You can hide inside and you're safe. And lastly, when Jesus is your rock, not only are you planted, not only are you protected, but you're progressing, you're progressing. I love towards the end of this, he's talking to Peter, he goes, look, on this rock, the rock of the revelation of who Jesus is, I'm gonna build my church. Yep, that's right. When he's your rock, guess what? He's building something, he's producing something, he's progressing you, he's moving you forward. There's something happening even right now in these moments, whether you're listening online or whether you're sitting here in this auditorium, wherever you are, meeting in cafes, meeting in homes, Jesus is pulling you forward, he's progressing you, he's building you, he's, he's doing something in and through your life. In fact, this is the first time in the entire Bible that this word church is mentioned. I will build my church. And I need to just let you know something. In the original language, Ecclesia, the Greek word for church, it doesn't speak of buildings. It doesn't speak of 60 to 90 minutes on a Sunday. Or where are we at right now, church? We all know what we mean when we say that. It doesn't speak of a location, a place. It means an assembly of people. Another definition says a called out people, a chosen people. The church is you. The church is not 90 minutes on a sunday the church is is you yes you sitting in a home in another part of the world right now with a couple family members you're you're having church right now but but you are the church yes you today kirkland sitting in this auditorium. you're the church this building could disappear tomorrow it doesn't mean the church is gone because you're the church you're the church It doesn't matter what the future holds, the government or anything crazy, something could try to shut down church, but they can't shut down the church because you is the church. (laughs) You're the church. Wherever you're at, you're meeting at that Starbucks right now in that coffee shop, you just brought church to Starbucks because you're the church. You're meeting in that public park right now, you just brought church to that public park because you is the church and what's the one thing that God's building it's not he didn't say I'm building more buildings and cathedrals all that's great he says no I'm building people I'm building the church I'm building you I'm progressing you I'm doing a work in your life you are God's building. God's not impressed with beautiful buildings like this and locations he's more impressed at his work that he's doing in you the building he's doing in you Colossians chapter 2 and verse 7 says rooted and built up in him and established in the faith just as you were taught abounding in thanksgiving and there's I mean I could list 10 different verses but I'm running out of time There's so many great verses about how he's building you up, he's planting you, he's building you, he's growing you. You may feel frustrated right now about where you are in your life, but know something, God is still at work, God is still working on you. You may feel like you're not working on yourself, you may feel like you're moving backwards, but God is always moving you forward because the one thing he's building is his people, his church, that's you, ladies and gentlemen. He is doing a work in you, he is constructing things, and sometimes, you know what construction looks like? It looks like tearing down some walls, Have you ever done a remodel before or seen a remodel before? It doesn't look like building. And sometimes that's what it feels like on the inside. It feels like, man, God's like getting down to the studs, you know? God's like tearing some things up right now, but he's still building something. He's stripping away things so he can build new things. He's helping you unlearn some things so you can learn some new things. He's helping you become the best you that you've ever become before, who you are in Jesus. He's progressing and he's building you. He's building you. He's building you. you. He says at the end, he says, I also say, you're Peter on this rock. I'll build my church. The gates of hell will not. Oh, by the way, gates of hell, there's so much in this passage. I'm sorry. I'm out of time. I'm almost done here. The the gates of any city represent the strength of that city. That's all you need to know. That means all the strength and all the power of hell will not prevail against. Let's stop making the devil bigger than he is. Can I just say that? And that's a whole nother message for another day, Leon. I wish I had time to get into that. But sometimes we just give the devil a little too much credit. Let's just remember how big God is, that Jesus is for us, and that this says all the strength, the gates, all the power of hell and death are not gonna defeat you. They're just, just soak that up. Think about that later today when you're going to get your lunch down at Nasai teriyaki or wherever you decide to go. Okay, you just think about that for a second, that all the power of hell is not gonna prevail against you. And then he goes on to say, and I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, will loose on the earth, loose in heaven. And this is really language about, about prayer and the power and the authority, because when you have keys, part of progressing, part of moving forward is acknowledging the keys that are in your hand. It's no coincidence that right after Jesus declared Peter's new identity, you're not Simon, you're now Peter. He gave him a new identity. And with new identity comes new authority. Why is the enemy trying to attack your identity and who you are? Because your identity is connected to your authority. What that means is that you can, you can have keys, but if you never use the keys, cool, I can, you, can, you can have a car. I talked, I think a few months ago when I preached here, I talked about how I taught my daughter how to drive and it was a nightmare, right? But, but my daughter's progressing in her driving, why? Because she's been driving every single day since. It's, what good is it to have the keys, which are the access, The keys to the kingdom, the keys to my car. What good is it to have the keys, but not get in and turn the key and use them and drive? You have access to Jesus when you pray. You don't have to go to a pastor to pray for you, though we we as pastors, we will pray for you. But you just know that if you can't reach a pastor, and we got pastor chat, we got ways, more ways than ever to reach pastors. But even if you can't reach a pastor, you've got a savior that you can talk to immediately when you call in his name. You have access. You have keys. Just because I'm a pastor doesn't mean I got bigger keys to a bigger, I have more access. No, I have the same access as you. (laughs) We have the same access to the same God. The heavens are open. His ear is open. I'm telling you, he hears every time you call upon the name of the Lord, he is there with you. You have access to him and there's power in that moment you call on the name of Jesus in prayer. Use the keys, use the keys. Use your authority because when you know your identity of who you are as a son or daughter of the King of King and Lord of Lords, you will know the authority you have. You will know the access you have. Some of you have been praying too small of prayers because you forgot about your identity and who you are in Christ. When you know how big your God is, your prayers get bigger. Your world becomes bigger. Your life gets larger. All of a sudden, your heart begins to change because you know who you are and your identity is connected to authority and access to Jesus and all that he has for you. And this is part of the progress. That god has for your life don't just look at the keys and not get in that car come on get take that car for a spin access god access him in the morning when you wake up access him in the afternoon he's there he's there he's there it's right there in front of you, you just got to talk to him just hang out with him just be with jesus just be with jesus just access to the kingdom is just being with jesus i want to pray for you with every head bowed and every eye closed god we just thank you so much for these words and these moments that we've shared today. God, I just thank you for speaking to all of us and that, God, you are the rock. On this rock, you are building something. On this rock, you are planting something. In this rock, you're protecting us. In this rock, you're hiding us. In this rock, you're helping us. And on this rock, God, you're building and progressing us. Lord, we just thank you so much for what you're doing today. And I just want to pray right now with everybody's heads bowed for the moment of privacy and concentration. If you're here and maybe you've never said yes to Jesus or maybe you're watching online, maybe you're in one of those homes or cafes or wherever you are right now and you just simply want to say yes to who Jesus is. Not just a some say, not just an opinion about who he is. Because John 14, 6 declares, Jesus says, I'm the way and I'm the truth and I'm the life. And no one comes to the Father except by me. He is our access. He is our relationship. He is our love. He is our forgiveness. And in Christ, you can be a brand new creation right now. If that's you, on the count of three, will you just, right where you're at, you can just kind of raise your hand in that cafe you're sitting in, right in this auditorium, if you were saying yes to Jesus today. One, two, three. Just raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, thank you. Amazing. God, I thank you. You see every hand that's lifted. Lord, you see the hands of those who are watching in other places around the world. And God, I thank you that right now in this moment, you forgive us of all of our sin. You make us a brand new creation. And God, this is the moment we start a relationship with you. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for giving us new life and new purpose in this relationship with you as we've said yes to you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. And I want to pray just for one more group of people today before we begin to sing. And that is if you're here or you're watching at home and you'd say, you know what? My life right now feels like wave after wave and I'm barely having any space to breathe. Maybe it's wave after wave at your job. Maybe it's wave after wave in your marriage. Maybe it's wave after wave with your kids. Maybe it's wave after wave with a health situation or a financial situation, and you just need more than ever this moment of coming back to the rock. Plant it on the rock that's you, I want to pray for you. Would you just raise your hand if you say, you know what, I've been I've been hit by a lot of waves right now. Been hit by a lot of waves, Elijah. Yeah, hands going up everywhere. Lord, I just pray right now, and I feel this. I feel this in this moment. God, I pray for every person that's been going through tragedy and loss, and difficulty, and pain. I pray for every person right now that doesn't know how they're going to make financial ends meet. I pray for every person that's going through marital strife right now, strife with their kids, whatever it may be. God, you know every single person, and you care about every individual circumstance and situation, and I pray right now in Jesus' name that that revelation of the rock would be more tangible than ever before that God today as we go out of this as we continue on with our day or our week Lord we are standing on the rock of who you are we're being protected in that rock and God you're building something you're progressing us on this rock God I pray just that strength today would infuse us from the inside out God let us be infused with faith with hope, and with a strength that only can come from you today, God. You're going to help us through every storm. You're helping us through every season. You're helping us through every trial and every challenge. Jesus, you are the rock. God, help us to get out of the sand we've been messing with. Help us to get out of the sand and to once again have our feet planted on the rock of who you are. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.